0: This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. He's one of those guys that might be
1: a question mark at the NFL level because of his pure athleticism and all. But you look at things like when he came off the bench in a national championship game, his first real playing time, everything was on the line and he performed. He did, the, this, the big stage never affected him. He went out and balled flat out play and he's got a tremendous arm he just flicks his wrist and that thing's spinning it, it reminds me of the way the ball came off Michael Vixen and, and how hard and far he can actually throw the football
2: That is Doug Flutie talking about Tua right there. Where will Tua land in the NFL draft? We will find out on Thursday. At least we think so. He's not going to slide out of the first round, is he? Tua might be the most fascinating player. The Jacksonville Jaguars might be the most fascinating team in the draft. They have a dozen picks. They've got drama with Yannick Ngakwe. They have drama potentially with trade rumors with Leonard Fournette. I mean, there could be a very active front office for the Jacksonville Jaguars coming up on Thursday. Brent Martineau, former Jags player, Austin Lane, here at Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. And right now we're joined by ESPN Sal Palantonio. Welcome to the program, Sal. I hope you and your family are doing well during these difficult times. I know everybody's excited about the draft this week.
1: It'll be a, w- a welcome distraction, that's for sure. And thank you for asking. We're all doing quite well. I hope you guys are doing good.
2: We are uh, happy to have you on again. We talked to a year ago when Nick Foles uh, joined the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I know you're a big fan of Nick, obviously wrote uh, the book, and uh, that's done well. How surprised are you that it, it lasted such a short time here in Jacksonville for Nick Foles? Very
1: surprised. Obviously, the injury had a lot to do with it. There's no question about that. And now they've got to uh, reconfigure their entire offense with a new offensive coordinator and decide whether or not they're going forward really with uh, Mr. Minshew. I mean, that's the big question. I mean, Gardner showed some flashes. There's no question about that. After uh, Nicky broke his collarbone, 11 snaps into the year. So um, they're, they're all in, I guess, on Gardner. We'll see what happens. Sal, you know, in terms of Foles
3: not going to Chicago, he joins back up now with quarterback coach John Filippo. How do you think Nick Foles will fare in Chicago, obviously going against uh, Mitch Trubisky uh, in a competition?
1: I think he's going to beat him out. I think Nick Foles will be the starting quarterback. I think they didn't acquire him for nothing. I think that, that uh, ship has sailed on Mitchell Trubisky, and that's going to turn out to be a pretty costly first round pick for Chicago.
2: I agree with you, too. Sal Palantonio from ESPN with us. Uh, ESPN's draft coverage will be all over the place, of course, on Thursday, but leading up to it. And Sal Palantonio will be with the Giants, the Eagles, the Ravens, and the Jets, four teams to cover. So I know you have a lot of going on. I know a lot of homework being done, Sal. Did you catch the Yannick Gakwe and Tony Khan back and forth on social media today? If you didn't, they kind of sparred with a few comments. How unusual is this situation? Have you seen that before where a player just attacks uh, upper management like this? No, never seen it before. I mean, that's not a good way
1: to keep your job is to attack the boss's son. And it's not a good way for you to find another job if you're if your new employer or prospective new employer has found in your social media contact that you've been attacking the former boss's son. I don't understand it, frankly. That is just off-the-charts behavior. It's not something I would recommend to my three daughters, I can tell
2: you that right now. (laughs) Yeah, very surprising the way it went down. You will cover the Eagles, the Giants, and the Jets. I'll leave the Ravens out of this discussion. All three of those teams could have been or could still be potential trade partners with the Jags on Yannick Ngakwe. What are you hearing about uh, with their pass rush situation? Do you have any idea if those teams have any interest in Yannick Ngakwe? I
1: hear it's all quiet on the Western front.
2: I hear it's very quiet right now.
1: And the latest back and forth on social media has definitely not helped.
2: And I wonder that, and that's what we're wondering today: how much will this eliminate some of those teams in play? Uh, you get to. Uh, cover- I mean, a common sense dictates that it would.
1: Yeah, but you know, I've heard, you know, and I—it's not something that I bring up with GMs, but have recently discussed it with some teams, and I've gotten stone silence. Uh, not because uh, they're trying to hide anything. It's just because it's something they want to stay away from. And By the way, ESPN's draft coverage starts tonight. Tonight at 7.30 p.m. on ESPN2 is the debut of the NFL matchup draft special on ESPN2 at 7.30 and then reairs at 11.30 p.m. with me, Matt Bowen, and Greg Cosell. We actually taped our first show uh, virtually, remotely, first time I ever hosted a show from my home office. <laughs> so uh, I'm looking, you know, I haven't had a haircut in a while either. So uh, <laughs> Brent, Brent and Austin, you're going to have to check out, you know, what, how I look and uh, and how it all comes off 18 years. I've been hosting the show. First time we did it our tomorrow. And it was the first time that ESPN uh, had a show where the host was not in a studio um, during this pandemic. So it was a, Big, fat experiment all the way around. I I want you guys to watch it and give me some critique on social media.
2: We will we'll do it for sure. By <laughs> so absolutely. So it's, it's, it's tonight. And by the way, Austin's very good at critiquing. He does it to me every day, I every show. I so. uh, 7.30 tonight <laughs> on ESPN2, and also 7 o'clock tomorrow, the NFL matchup show, NFL draft special, Sal Tony. How did it go? What, what are some of the topics you get into earlier this week? Because who do you think are some of the most intriguing teams entering the draft on Thursday?
1: Well, I think uh the Jaguars are definitely in my top five most intriguing teams because you get whenever a team has two first round picks and they've made the changes that they've made. I've always been a big fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars organization. Um, you know, I just I, I've I've always been treated well when I've come to Jacksonville. As you know, I'm a former naval officer. A lot of former military down there, a lot of my friends relocated after retirement down in the Jacksonville area. I get down there quite a bit. Um, obviously because the Eagles played there in the Super Bowl in 2004. Uh, I, I go to uh, the uh, the, Jackson, the Marriott down there in Ponte Vedra all the time with my wife and family. So, you know, we, we love it there. And I always root for Jacksonville because of that organization. And I'm, I'm fascinated by what they're going to do this year. I really am. That's a division, though, that's gotten just so much more competitive just in the last year. And uh, it's it's going to be tough clawing back into contention in that division. I really hope – I wish them well. I really do. I've always had a soft spot for Jacksonville in that organization.
3: Sal, so with everything going on now, you know, with the – COVID-19. I mean, the the landscape of the NFL and, you know, the quote-unquote sources. I mean, you know, all all the professionals and all the experts they're still making their mock drafts and everything, but one would think that in terms of the communication between teams, it's not as adamant as it's been the past years. So with that being said, there's rumors out there saying that the experts have never got so many picks wrong, you know, in their mock drafts and everything. Do you think that the draft is going to shake out like we all think it will, like the experts will, or are we going to be seeing surprise after surprise come Thursday night?
1: Oh, I think it's going to go pretty much according to the book. I think it'll be hard to make drafts and make moves because of just how far apart people are in communication. Uh, reports from our reporters showed that there was a little bit of a glitch in the communication at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't try to hold some some kind of uh, mock draft 2.0 between now and Thursday night. Hey guys, I got to split. I got to go to another radio program here. I appreciate you having me on, really. Uh, good luck to Jacksonville Jaguars. You guys are the best.
2: Thanks, uh, Sal Palantonio. We appreciate the time. Sal Pal, all over the place here during draft week. And uh, he'll cover the Giants, the Eagles, the Ravens, and the Jets. Of course, all the coverage ESPN combined with NFL Network. And uh, it starts tonight for Sal Palantonio, as he was mentioning from his home, Uh, 7.30 tonight, 7 o'clock tomorrow night on ESPN2. It'll be an NFL draft special with their matchup show. So make sure you uh, check out that. And then, of course, ESPN, ABC will have the draft on Thursday night. And uh, there's a bunch of coverage all week long, as you would expect, in conjunction with the NFL Network. Uh, I actually talked to somebody from the league office today working on a story for our draft special coming up on Thursday night, uh, Anna Isaacson, who's in charge of social responsibility. They have a big draft-a-thon going on right now uh, in the NFL, trying to collect money and raise money for COVID-19 to combat that. The NFL family has already raised over $50 million dollars and they're trying to uh, make even a bigger mark with a lot of different organizations, uh, ones that hit home here in Jacksonville and all around the country. So a lot of good things going on. We appreciate Sal Powell's time. Uh, I know we only had a few minutes, but interesting comments about Yannick Ngakwe. Well,
3: yeah, it was great to hear from him. And, yeah, he's very adamant in saying that Yannick Ngakwe is not doing himself any favors, and I think, you know, the 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 spectators would agree right now. I had so many questions to ask Sal, you know, what about the draft, but obviously he only had a few minutes. Obviously probably found out last second that Brent took Trevon Diggs in the mock. <laughs> trap and couldn't get off the phone fast enough because you want to talk to actual experts and not just posers so it's unfortunate that you know sal couldn't stay with us longer but i understand the conditions
2: uh yeah absolutely <laughs> i'm just messing uh, man you know, sal? To, you know how to give you something oh i yeah, love it yeah, uh, yeah. sal pal uh we appreciate him coming on and yeah. uh check out uh, tonight's show again 7:30 on espn Two. all right you want to do it Let's get it. you want to shock your mock? Have you checked the emails? Uh, I did. All right. uh, well, I have them. I shouldn't say I've checked them. Okay. We should probably set this up a little better, but well, I think you we're okay. Said, no, well, we yeah, can yeah. set it up. Okay. Here's the deal. Yeah. Quick little tutorial. Yep. Austin came up with this idea where Saturday, this yeah. was like on Friday. So Saturday's like, hey, I'm going to look at mock drafts and I'm going to rip them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to have people send them in. I said, wait, yeah. wait, 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 let's make that a segment. That could yeah. be a lot of fun. So we have no idea if it's going to be fun, but in concept, it feels like it could be well, fun. Well,
3: and here's where I'm coming from, man, okay, because
2: everyone's got their mock draft, right? And everyone's
3: an expert, and the inspiration struck when you had your pick, and at number nine, you took Kinlaw. I thought it was a fantastic pick. Um, you had some haters out there, and I understand that. You're always going to have haters no matter what you do. No problem, but they're... The problem was, is when they were hating on you, Brent, they didn't have other solutions. They didn't say why you were wrong.
2: Yeah, good call. So
3: now what I'm going to do is, I'm going to take the public's mock drafts, and I know, spoiler alert, they're all going to be sucky, and I'm going to (laughs) break them down and tell you why you guys would make horrible GMs. Now, I'm going to say this, predicated by this before we start. If somebody was able to match my mock draft, because obviously my mock draft is right, because that's how mock draft season works. If someone matches my mock draft, then I will put the word in for you to the Jaguars organization, to the Chiefs, to the Bears, to the Lions, and I will try to get you a front office job, because obviously we're on the same wavelength, and you know football.
2: Uh, I can't wait for this. Um, by the way, I have added to this. I will pick out the best one someone's got to pick up the pieces i understand right? so yep. i'll pick up the best one yeah and send some espn gear when we can espn 690 gear uh and you can keep sending them in we have quite a few entries already we'll yeah. probably do seven or eight of them a day we'll see how this goes all the way up until thursday mm-hmm. so without further ado i feel like we should have like built some production around oh, do produ- you, 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 you have the draft music
3: Mel <laughs> hyper no, no, no dra- draft music <laughs> is this top mm-hmm. gun you have anything more serious? <laughs> I had one job for you today. I said, "Can I get some Mel Kiper serious rap music?" And you give us Top Gun playing volleyball in the sand. <laughs> this, is, this is Jason Aldean, bro. It's, it's fine. This yeah. is
2: like—I uh, feel like I'm watching a movie with a Rock in it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no. He's got something like CSI. This, like some is this Guitar Hero? In order. This might be Guitar Hero. Oh, we're off to a good start. All right, whatever, man. Let's just turn it down so I can concentrate, it's please. It's go
2: producing on the fly, folks. I
3: told him to give me something when I walked in the door. Don't had worry. By All next right. year, we'll have good production Bren, for this. Our first Shock Your Mock contestant. Do you, do you have your email there? I do. It goes out to Gator Oss. G- Gator Oos? Gator Oss? Who knows? This OS? is, uh, this is or- more. Yeah. Gator Oss. Um... With the first pick, Jerry Jerry Judy. 20th pick, Josh Jones. Jalen jo- Johnson in the second round. Uh, Ross Blacklock in the second round. Willie Gay Jr. in the third
2: round. And Adam Trotman in the third round as well. Okay, so, so by, by the, the way, positions. that's wide receiver, yeah. offensive line, corner, defensive line, linebacker, and then tight end. Yep,
3: exactly. You do a lot better job explaining them than I do. Um, listen, not a bad Round here for you, Jerry Judy. I'm obviously a big fan of him. Taking him at 14. Traded back. Traded back, obviously. I like Ross Blacklock a lot in the second round. Not sure if he drops that far, but super uh, athletic. Um, could be a game changer from the three technique. I like that a lot. Here's what I don't like. I don't like Josh Jones at number 20. Do not like Josh Jones at number 20, because essentially what you're doing here is you're replacing Cam Robinson, whose red play could be his bad footwork, and that he struggled obviously last season a little bit with an injury. And you're replacing him with a project in Josh Jones from Houston who also has bad footwork, who is also a guy who you need to work with, cultivate. And who's to say Josh Jones can come into camp and beat Cam Robinson? I want my first-round pick starting from day one. Not sure if Josh Jones can do that. Sorry, Gator O's or Gator O's or whatever your name is. (laughs) Your your mock draft sucks.
2: (laughs) It was a good attempt, though. <laughs> it was a good attempt. We'll come back to that one later. All right, mock number two. Brent, you want to go and break this one down? No, this is all you, man. I no. am not doing this. Okay. I, I feel for everybody who had to pick. Okay. I feel I have thin skin after this GM duty stuff. <laughs> mock draft number two comes oh, from... Oh, my goodness, Michael Sullivan. <clears throat> I know, right? Michael.
3: <laughs> mock draft number two comes from Michael Sullivan off Twitter. With the first pick, at number nine, comes quarterback Tua Tonga Viola. You know how I feel about that, Brett. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Kuz. You got Judy, though, at number 20. Jerry Judy. I'm not sure what world you're living in, sir, Michael Sullivan. Jerry Judy, number 20. That's a win where Can I come from. Can you write in, people, for the mock drafts? Uh, Brent, this is, hey, this is anybody's fantasy. Okay, are you, this is a fantasy are, you mock making,
2: draft. are you making a comeback?
3: All right, Kuz, I'm, I'm going to need a little silence real quick. A little silence here. The second round pick at number 42. Michael Sullivan uh, kind of photoshopped Austin Lane from Murray State with the 42nd pick of the draft. Back to the music,
2: please. Well, by the way, he also says in his text, I refuse to pay any of these guys more than minimum wage, What's which it? actually is a raise for you. That's going to be a huge upgrade <laughs> for me. Can't wait to <laughs> take,
3: take along with that. And then he's got Troy Pride Jr., guy we talked you to, the senior bowl, third-round corner. Um, is he a day-one starter? Debatable. I think he can come in and nickel, work his way in. Not sure if he's started right away. Listen, I love the Austin Lane <laughs> pick. <Olympic>. You know, <laughs> humble guy, blue-collar, <laughs> <Murray> Street, small, <laughs> easy coups. Humble, hardworking guy, coming from Murray State, something to prove. I like that a lot, especially keep in mind, Brent, he played a little 3-4 outside linebacker in college as well. Very versatile, right attitude, great family, fantastic work ethic. I already said that. I'm going to say it again. (laughs) I love your pick with Austin Lane at number 42. Regardless of that, though, you pick two at number nine, and you know how I feel about quarterbacks going the first round. We have Gardner Minshew. Let's see what we got. Sorry, Michael Sullivan. Great pick at number 42. Horrible picks overall. Your mock draft sucks. Next up, draft number three. Draft number three. No, listen, this guy. I don't know who it comes from. Yeah, this, listen, this, I couldn't fit it all on the screen because the guy made 35 trades. you you see this at the bottom? Okay, so with that being said, I don't even know this guy's name, but he made 35
2: trades. No one in the history of the NFL draft has made 35 trades. He's got Andrew Thomas at nine. Yeah. Jalen Rager, who uh, is getting a lot of love, actually, as yeah. a wide receiver, but they, he had traded back to number 30. Then he picks up Julian Acquara, mm-hmm. uh, Bryce Hall, yep. Terrell Burgess. Why does everybody love safety here? Uh, Jonah Jackson, J.K. Dobbins at running back. Keep going, bro. I'm going to find this guy's name quick. Just keep going. You got it. I mean, there's really Logan Wilson, a linebacker. So he takes tackle, wide receiver, first round. Mm-hmm. I think people would be okay with that. Helps out Gardner Minshew. I like that. He's going edge rusher at 39. And gets Bryce Hall at 42, who actually, if you can get Bryce Hall, I guess 42 makes some sense. They got an extra pick there uh, on this one. You really need his name? Yeah. Oh, he's not going to escape from me. I mean, <laughs> you're getting called out. Hey,
3: Duval from Virginia. Start to be a Panthers fan or something because the Jacksonville Jaguars don't need you with this mock draft. Are you kidding me right now? Where's your defensive lineman? You, you, t- you took a defensive lineman with the 189th pick. You got that Brett Martineau mock draft syndrome right now. That stuff's contagious. It's going around. No defensive lineman to come in and compete for a spot with Taven Bryan. I hate to say it, but Duval from VA, your mock draft
2: sucks. Mock draft number four.
3: Man, Brett, I can go all day with this stuff. This this is invigorating. All right, so now you see how the email came in, so you have to go to number four now. Yep. You got it? Okay. I got it. Number four. Do we have a name from this guy either?
2: No, nah, I don't think so. Because
3: the, these people make so many trades. All right, so this person right here, Logan Dunn, at uh, LoganDunn13 on Twitter. Looks like he's 10 years old in this profile picture. I, I don't make mean to make fun of kids, but here we go anyways. <laughs> uh, with the ninth pick... Logan selects Henry Ruggs, Alabama. Not mad at that. The rest of the draft, I'm just gonna say I'm not, I'm not even gonna announce all the picks because we we can stop here at number do it. At, at number twenty. No, just stop at number twenty. Delp it. number 20. Grant Delpit. From LSU. You took a safety at number 20 in the first round, sir. When Ronnie Harrison and Jared Wilson are serviceable. They're pretty much dependable. Ronnie Harrison could be a guy going forward. And he took a safety in the first round. A guy you probably could have took in the third round. Brent, stop the draft right there. We don't need to say anymore, man. The kid drafted a safety in the first round. Unless that's your cousin, sir. Or your brother. Your mock draft is garbage.
2: Alright, next up.
3: Mock draft number five. Now, th- this is a nice one, man, because look at how it's all color-coordinated. Yeah, this, this is this, easier to understand. Oh, this is easy on the eyes. This really digests nicely.
2: By the way, this is going to be a hard
3: one to rip. Oh, watch me rip this one. <laughs> all right, so with the ninth pick, the Jaguars select Isaiah Simmons. Brent, I'm jumping for joy right now. I are you kidding me? we, we played 3-4 this year, baby. Let's go. We got a 3-4. Hey, now hold on, everybody. Wait, those goosebumps are not going to go away because at number 20, we got Javon Kenwa. We got Isaiah Simmons and Javon Kinma. Did Bren. half the teams in the NFL disappear? All right, so here's the thing. <laughs> so I'm on board right now. This has all the makings to be an epic mock draft. But at pick number 42, here's where you lose me, not because of the pick, but because of how this draft is shaking out. At pick number 42, you get first-round graded Mekhi Becton tackle out of Louisville. I'm not sure what app you're using, what website you're using, (laughs) but you're insulting our intelligence and you're wasting our time. Mock draft number five belongs to, what's this
2: guy's name, Brent? Did we get the guy's name? Yeah, you got to do a better job Don't putting worry, the names in. By the Brent, way, it's Kai to... Beckton, could he slip that far down because of the, the drug test? Brent, it's 2020, man. Everyone's <laughs> doing
3: it. What are you worried about? <laughs> hey, Chevy Josh, you couldn't escape me, man. I found you, and I came with receipts, baby. Hey, Chevy Josh, Jess, Josh, whatever your name is, your mock draft is... Trash.
1: Actually, your mock draft is unbelievable,
3: You're, but it won't yeah. happen.
1: Okay, <laughs> hey, sorry.
3: You're, hey, sorry, Jess. Your mock draft is decent, but unrealistic.
2: By the way, just to let you know, they got Amick Robertson, who measures all the. He he like tore it up. He's yeah. a Louisiana Tech cornerback. Yeah, and he and he's rated first in like every category. Yeah, but he's like five eight. Obviously, he played for Louisiana Tech, so a lot of the numbers panned out. He also had Cam Akers and Harrison Bryant in this draft. I mean, it was like three people were drafting, and that was it. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Mock draft number six. We have two more to go. Your mock draft was unrealistic. Okay, number (laughs) six. Uh, Speaking of unrealistic.
1: uh, Oh, yeah. Come
3: on, man. How does uh, this happen in these mock drafts? wwg1, also known as atjagfan2832.
2: You know this could actually happen. Oh, Brent, I I don't see it happening, but I'm just saying it could happen if Jordan okay. Love goes and knocks somebody back. Okay. You know Jefferson is getting higher on the board. If four receivers go, maybe it knocks somebody back. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. That's why yep. I took Kinlaw at number nine, but go ahead. All right, so Jerry Judy, number nine, first-round Draxel, Jaguars. I like that pick, Brent. A lot of people like Judy. I best was going w- Judy or Kinlaw. Best wide receiver
3: probably in, in the draft. Javon Kinlaw, number 20. Falls to Jackson. I don't know. I guess people know something that we don't. I think Kinlaw's going to go before number 20.
2: Kinlaw's not making it past 14. Yeah.
3: Once again, this guy's popping up at the, at the 42nd Well, pick. that's a good
2: spot for him, though. But he's just – okay. So uh, go, go ahead, Brent. Go ahead and bring this – this mock draft Well, Delpit's then. all right. A lot of okay. people will rank Delpit in the top 25. Yep. I just don't know. I, and if I could get him in the second round and if I really feel like that's a sincere upgrade mm-hmm. and makes me dynamic in the secondary, I would think about Delpit there. It's tr- incredible value. Yeah. When I did my mock draft, I had Antoine Winfield there because of the value was really good. I don't hate that pick.
3: See, here's my problem, though. I'm, I'm not sure how this mock draft, you know, shook out and
2: everything. He's got a
3: Karl Rah at 73. Not a bad pick. People say he's like lot oh, like Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah, I like that. But why not use that 42nd pick to get the edge rusher? Because someone's going to be there. Whether it's a Gross Matos, Epanasa, you know, they're saying first round. But you never know. The guy could fall. To me, there's an edge rusher at 42 well, that you could have took. You, you Man, wait till 116 I, to get the I'm corner. Not, I'm not done yet. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then down here, then we got... And go ahead and pronounce this guy's name. <laughs> I don't know it. Okay. Well, you took this oh, corner. Rudy, yeah. There we go. At, at pick 116... And I did some research on him, actually, if I'm not mistaken here. Let me bring that up real quick. Yes. All right. So, this cat from Iowa, if I'm not mistaken.
2: I'd be surprised if the Jags wait until their yep. fifth pick of the draft to get a corner. Please keep buying me time. Nope, keep going. Uh, I doubt that's going to happen. <laughs> but I mean, this is a hard draft. Uh, this is not an unreal, totally unrealistic draft. Although, again, I don't think Kinlaw is getting to 20. Delpit will be there at 42, potentially. Yeah. So, Delpit or Winfield, if you like that spot. I mean, you don't hate it. But, again, you need corner more than you need safety. Get, you Remember, folks, corner is the most gaping hole on this team right now. It there's no there's not even an argument there. Yeah.
3: So yeah, so I was so it's guys from Iowa. I remember reading about him. Um, plays in a press heavy scheme, doesn't play a lot of zone and he's, he's he's a project. Okay? Like he's he is what he is. He's taken out the right spot, but once again, are you bringing a guy in to try to compete with Trey Herndon and be a starter or not? Not sure this guy from Iowa is going to be a starter day 1. If
2: you pick this guy, that means you have to rely on Melvin to be the guy, which exactly can, the acquisition from Detroit, but uh don't take a safety in the 40-second pick, all right? Your mock draft sucks. Thank you. <laughs> Simple as that.
3: Last one. corner, Last one. And I'm almost out of breath here. My throat's getting scratchy, but we saved the best for last. <laughs> Excuse
1: me. All right.
3: Jarius, yeah, yeah, play this Lifetime music for this one as I rip it to shreds. Play that Lifetime. Oh, it's unsettling, right? So uh, Keith M., also known as at Jarius Digital, um, reply back with his mock draft also said, boom, in all capital letters, <laughs> like he's screaming, boom at me. Like you're, confident that you just had the mock draft them all mock drafts but he wasn't done also put the hashtag super bowl as if your mock draft is going to get these jacksonville jaguars to the super bowl well let's break it down shall we with the number nine pick cd lamb once again you go receiver i get it are you really fulfilling a need though yeah but you know what I'll come with it man help Gardner mince you out a lot once again at number twenty not sure where these mock drafts are coming from Javon jabon Kinlaw, Kinlaw at at he's number twenty one. I guess they know something that we don't it's not happening at pick 42. Antoine Winfield Jr. Brent, what position does he play? I made this exact same pick, safety. <laughs> and, and, and what did I say about that pick when you picked that? <laughs> he didn't like it. All right, spoiler alert, I don't like it from you either, Keith M.
2: It's a great value pick, though, Keith. I will give you that. 73,
3: Amik Robertson. Not bad for the corner, but once again. He actually could be a steal. He's just not their style. He's like a five eight corner. Thank you very much. To me, if you go after a guy, you want to bring that big-bodied, press-corner type of guy. This guy's more of the speed. Could play him in the slot, but guess what? You don't need a slot when you got <laughs> DJ Hayden. Everyone knows that song, right? <laughs> Everyone knows that song. That's that cat from Cincinnati that was supposed to come here that ended up not coming. Um. Since then, we got Anthony McFarland with the 116 pick. Raquan Williams, 137 pick inside. I like the interior defensive lineman. Let's go down to pick 165, though, where you finally address the need that I think of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You get Anthony Jennings, edge rusher. Do I like it? Decent, but is he going to come in and give you that need? If Yadikin Gakwe is gone? Absolutely not. Stop focusing on your nickel corners. Line up those pass rushers and try to replace Yannick and Gakwe. Hashtag Super Bowl, more like hashtag your mock draft sucks. Um, and keep in mind, too, keep in mind, too, what Jennings. Keep in mind, Tua Jennings, the edge rusher. He played linebacker in Bama and not defensive end. You're not going to bring him in for a linebacker spot, especially as, as a weak spot because we got Miles Jack there. Everyone knows that song, too.
2: You do get Lamar Jackson, though, Keith. Very good. I reincarnated it as a cornerback. <laughs> Which isn't a bad pick, but overall, <laughs> come on, man. You're not
3: bringing that linebacker into play rush edge. Uh,
2: thanks for your participation. We'll have uh, seven more of them tomorrow. And, uh, you know, these mock drafts, they obviously are not real life, but mm-hmm. like those are really not real life. Like, yeah. how does Kinlaw slip to 20 in all those? How does some of those guys slip to? Makai Beckton slipped to 42? Who's generating these things? I don't know, man. I don't know, man. This is why people criticize GMs all the time. They think they can get those kind of guys in the third and fourth round. Yeah. I mean, listen, <laughs> I'm I'm flabbergasted. I, I
3: want a challenge, but literally, you guys just keep setting them up and we'll keep shooting them down. Now, Brett, out of that whole group right there, What was your favorite mock draft? Because here comes Brett Martineau, Mr.
2: Sunshine and Rainbows. You got to pick up the pieces, man. Sunshine and Rainbows. I circled one, but I'm not giving my leaders in the clubhouse. Okay. I I respect it. We'll do that. I respect uh, it. Down the road. Send them into us on Twitter. We'll do it all week long. Had a lot of fun with that segment. And continue to try to find music as well. When we come back, (laughs) uh, what did you think of the last dance? Plus, is this the last dance for Fournette and Ngakwe? Huge story today here in Jacksonville. We revisit that to finish up on Monday here on Draft Week. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. After the fifth championship, which was ninety six ninety
0: seven, we were looking at this team and, and we realized, other than Michael, the rest of the guys were probably at the end of their high productive years.
2: We had to decide whether we keep the team together or not. And we realized maybe this was the time to do a rebuild and not try to win a sixth championship. By the way, the biggest thing about The Last Dance on ESPN last night, 10-part docu-series yep. on Michael Jordan in 1997 season, Jerry Reinsdorf sounds just like Joe Torre. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought it was Joe Torre. Yeah. When I, And then I had to look up. I was like, oh, that's Jerry Reinsdorf. He sounds just like him. No, yeah. Uh, I can definitely <laughs> see that. I got you. By the way, I don't think that was the biggest thing. Uh, all right. We got some loose ends to tie up with Jan and Fournette. We'll get back to it. Yeah. What did you think? Man. There it was. Everybody looking forward to it. I we we needed this. Well, by the way we needed this. We we built we this thing up so this. much. Uh, by the way, I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. I thought I'm I'm excited about it, but I wasn't in the camp of. I needed this. Mm-hmm. What's can, the, we, can we stop overdramatizing like oh, that part of it?
3: Brent, Brent, it's Michael Jordan though, and I understand you're you're more of a Larry Bird guy, and it, it is what it is. I understand, but I watched Larry Bird last night say that Michael Jordan. Was a god yeah. on the basketball court. I liked so, part two. Larry was in it. Yeah, he was.
2: Yeah, that was way, great. Hey, Michael, you can score 49. You
0: can score 63. Don't, but you can't don't beat the
3: Celtics. Don't, okay, well, he it was by himself.
0: Bro. And there was no three. Like, the true shooting percentage was like 60%. There was no three. Like, it. That 60 points is wild. That up. 63, by the way, like, 86
2: Celtics is when I really felt it and saw it mm. and knew what it was. Like, I was nine. And so that 63, I remember vividly. And uh, Celtics were so good that year. I mean, so good. Uh, go back and watch some some series on those guys, and it was unbelievable how good they were. But Jordan was incredible. It was inter- I'd never heard some of those kind of comments out of Bird. That was pretty interesting.
3: Absolutely. You know, and I'll be honest with you, man. We set the. at least I did this. I'm sure Kuz did it too. Brent, maybe and you did. Like. We set this thing on such a high pedestal to be like, oh, this Michael Jordan 30 for 30, like this is gonna be insane. It's gonna be so good. And usually when you do that, you're disappointed. Okay, I did it for the second Star Wars movie. You know how I feel about that one. There's a reason why Jake Ryan's not on the team anymore. Not saying had something to do with it, but his <laughs> Star Wars takes. Just saying, Jake, have fun in Baltimore, though, man. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm going to the say Baltimore Ravens. Santa class for us, exactly. But, like, it happens so often when we put our, we put the thing on a pedestal and we get disappointed. I was into it, Brent, all right? And I, and I was all in. I mean, just the way that it was done, and I'll be honest with you, I was a little confused in the beginning, right? Because most documentaries you watch, it goes in chronological order. Yeah. You start at one point, and then you tell the story, and it finishes, you know, chronologically at the end. This documentary was all over the place. And I think... You know, in the first, like, 30, 40 minutes, it was a little hard to follow. Just, like, where are we going with it? Because it was like, oh, you know, Michael Jordan, as a kid, um, you know, he, he was a great competitor. Let's fast forward now to the, 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 the Bulls playoff game. I'm like, well, I want to hear about the being a competitor as a kid. Well, then they touched back on that, so I was happy. But I was just like, where are we going with this? So eventually, like, when I started to get kind of the feel for the pace and the tempo, then I started to enjoy it a little more. But just the behind-the-scenes footage the the reporters, um, the people w- with higher authority asking him for autographs and everything before he does like these press conferences. I just thought it was it was, it was well done, and obviously it's only the tip of the iceberg, right? Like the, the, this story with Dennis Rodman, obviously the Scottie Pippen fallout. It's only going to get more crazier from here.
2: Yeah, listen, it's Babe Ruth, Tiger Woods, uh, it's 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 Michael Jordan. I mean, so mm-hmm. anything with him that you haven't seen before, and actually, I think what I, I actually thought part one was kind of slow. But it was purposeful Mm -hmm. to reintroduce everybody to Michael Jordan. It's important for my kids who haven't seen Michael Jordan play, maybe haven't read a lot about him, to realize who michael jordan was Mm -hmm. so i think that part is important i think a lot of these things do start off a little slower i know people are so thirsty for it it's like you you can't even find a critic of this thing i'm not being critical i'm just saying i thought it did start off a little slow quite frankly but then it picked up the Pippin episode i thought was really good they make the villain of kraus right away and which you really see what i'm interested in is it goes back really to 85 86 with the foot injury to jordan Mm -hmm. that he already was buttonheads yet they lasted that long. The dollar figures people can't even comprehend anymore, right? I mean, what Pippen made is such a big story today, but do you realize that Pippen ended up making more to play in the NBA than Jordan did in his career? Jordan mm-hmm. signed a terrible deal as well, but at the back end of it he made like 30 and 33 million a year to kind of balance it out. Yeah. Those guys did not get paid a lot of money. Now, Jordan's worth 2.1 billion dollars. Now, <laughs> Uh, because of the shoes and everything else, and he's been a marketing machine. This will put that in perspective. I looked it up said, okay, what's Tiger worth then? Because he feels like he's worth like a couple of billion dollars, right? Yeah. Tiger's worth $800 million. Wow. Michael Jordan, $2.1 billion. <sighs> and he got paid less to play the sport than Scottie
3: mm-hmm. Pippen got paid. That's, that's, that's insane. That's absolutely insane to even fathom. To me, you know, th- this biggest takeaway so far that I've got from, from this documentary is that even with Michael Jordan... We're all a product of our environment, okay? Michael Jordan just wasn't walking out of the womb one day and said, you know, I'm the best basketball player in the world. No, he came from a pretty strict upbringing. He came from an older brother who got all the love from his that was dad. Cool. And Michael Jordan, when he wanted to help his dad out in the garage, you know, fix the car, said, Nah, man, this isn't for you. And he had to go by his mom, okay? And then when you lose to his brother or he beat his brother in basketball, his older brother, they would get in fistfights. All right, bloody, bloody fistfights. And then you, you fast-forward to that. Obviously, I yes, see he, he didn't make his high school team when he first tried out, works hard the next year, makes it then. But to me, too, you talk about the, the environment and cultivating greatness. He goes to North Carolina. Dean Smith. I don't know a lot about Dean Smith. Obviously, Dean Smith's before my time. But you want to talk about respect and admiration that I have for Dean Smith because what did Dean Smith do? Michael Jordan led the team to a national championship. Any coach in their right mind – any basketball coach would have said, all right, man, you got to come back. Let's do this again, right? We have momentum right now. I need you to be a leader now. Let's, let's continue to go forward, and let's win some more championships. Let's start a dynasty here at North Carolina. What did Dean Smith tell him? Said, you ready to go to the NBA? How, how many coaches out there are going to tell their student-athletes to leave early
2: because they're ready? I think they do it now more, to be honest with you. But I think back I'm, then yeah. it was very unusual to do that exactly. at that time, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to say it's done a little bit more now because that's cultivating a culture well, where you can get you, more of those guys but to and me, take care of them. But to
3: them. be fair, I mean, that's what it's all about now, though, Brent. But, like, but I mean, you're right. All, if, that was, if, if, if you're in high school, you're getting recruited, you go to Kentucky, you know you're going to be a one-and-done. Yeah. And, and, and the, the head coach, Cal knows that. But I thought it was really
2: cool. Dean Smith to do that. I thought right? so too. Yeah. I, listen, I'll tell you this again. When Jordan starts his career, I'm seven years old. What I did not realize as much. I always thought Michael Jordan was overplayed as a college player because of his greatness in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Well, some people say he's the best – didn't some – he read re- voted the, recently? Well, there
3: was like a tournament bracket or something that said he's the best basketball player, college basketball player of all time. This
2: sounds weird, but you can make the case really that Christian Leitner's a better college basketball player overall, yeah. resume and all that stuff, than, than Jordan. But what I didn't realize is just how good Jordan was. Like mm-hmm. I kind of had squashed him down because I thought everybody else had built him up. He was. A, I didn't realize he was that good in those last couple of years. I knew he'd hit that game-winning shot, but I didn't know there was more to it. And then I also didn't know Jordan was so instantly good. Mm-hmm. Because when I'm watching in my those years, I'm watching Magic and Bird, Celtics and Lakers. And they were the dominant team. Though Jordan started to creep up in the late 80s, started really with that 86 game. I didn't realize in 84 he was that good as a rookie mm-hmm. as he was. You know, an instantaneous... Lee, the league knew he was great. I just didn't understand that. So it was kind of cool to go back and, and watch that su- that kind of stuff to get the whole Jordan perspective.
3: Well, and how crazy was it, too, when he first got drafted? He gets to Chicago. And I forgot what they exactly quoted but it, but was, it was like the cocaine training, the cocaine yeah, bus, yeah. right? And Michael Jordan, fresh out of college, leaves early, still a kid in some eyes, finds himself at a party with cocaine, with women, with weed, with drinking, where does he go? He goes, no, you know what? I'm probably going to go back home and just do my own thing. I'm going to go watch movies, um, you know, work on my game, and get a good night's sleep. What kid does that these days? You know, like, to me, like, that, that, that was so telling, Brent, where, you know, especially in team sports where it's all about being a people pleaser, it's all about trying to make friends on that team and, and trying to impress those guys. He could easily say, oh, yeah, you know what? Let's get a line going here because I, I got to impress you guys. I need to earn your respect. But no, how did he go about it? He wasn't influenced by peer pressure. He said, I'm going to earn the respect by taking out the baddest guy on the Bulls in practice. And that's how I earned my respect. And guess what, man? By the third or fourth game of the regular season, when he was a rookie, he earned the respect. And he was the guy on the team as a rookie. It's crazy.
2: Driving Dish Podcast. I know you were into it. You weren't born during those years, Coos. Uh, what did you take uh, uh, or make of it uh, last night?
0: It was really cool. Uh, like you said, you know, I... I I wasn't really around or wasn't able to comprehend what was going on, so it's cool to see it from this kind of light. The, the main thing I got from it was how would social media react and how would teams react if your star player was secretly playing five-on-five five yeah. when you're supposed to be injured? It wouldn't happen. It wouldn't.
2: Yeah, yeah, it just wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen by that he was even allowed to go there, most likely, right? I, I don't think, anymore. I mean, those are some of the cool things. You're right. I, I think the way sports has changed, the dollars, how it's changed, all of that is fascinating. We're just scratching the surface. What I will say for everybody is like, oh, my gosh, this is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I actually was like, OK, it's a little bit of a slow start. Love the Pippin episode because I think Pippin is a, so underrated as a player. But this is going to get a lot better. Yeah, it's gonna get a lot. You talk about behind the scenes footage of when it gets kind of muddy when Rodman starts getting into it. You know, the the, the they set up everything very nicely. I think it's going to get really, really good, and it's uh it's really cool to watch. It's cool to relive it a little bit, but also get some of the anecdotal stuff that we might not know. Uh, we talked about this in break. Krauss, yeah, he's he's like, he's kind of the he's the villain. He's the villain, and in, in every great documentary you need a villain. You need the villain. What's interesting is he's passed. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have a chance to defend himself. It's rough, man. Uh, so it's rough in no sense, but I said to you also, I was like, but it's like unequivocally he was the villain. Like, everybody, Phil Jackson, Jordan, Pippen, all these folks are saying, even Reinsdorf to a degree. Now, they say he's a very nice man, but he made his own bet. Heck, Kerr, who who is considered (laughs) one of the nicest guys at all, he said he got in his own way. So I think even if maybe Krause was here to say what he could say, Mm -hmm. he probably would admit his faults.
3: No, I I agree with that, you know, and – Listen, I just hope that you know everything about him, and so far I think everything said about Jerry Krause, because we saw the footage, we saw the the, the candid interviews, right? We saw the press conferences, so it all warrants a merit right now. I just don't want to see this documentary turn into a slam piece on Krause. Maybe they start bringing in fabrications, which I don't think they're gonna do because you have so much content, but. You do feel a little bad for him in the family, just because the guy can't defend himself. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but it, you also you give he him major a... props,
2: man. He rebuilt that thing. Yeah, don't yeah. lose sight of that. From '85 yeah. to '96, even before it got dramatic. Yeah, what he built was amazing.
3: So, and I'm going to say this too. And you said, you know, it was a little boring to start out with it. And and I, I disagree wholeheartedly. But once again, this is where I'm coming from,
2: right? Like I'm a, I'm a diehard
3: MJ fan. I grew up in the perfect time when he was on top. And then I was a kid, and I was so influenced by everything that guy did. But to me, it's entertaining even from the first minute. And the cell phone was put on silent, didn't pay attention to my wife and kid, just because I I was in the zone, man. And the cool thing was is this is really the first time I've ever seen Michael Jordan just sit down and talk. Okay, like, there's books out there. You can read those books if you want to. There's information out there. There's documentaries about him, but not with him sitting down. Dude, this is Michael Jordan sitting down on national television swearing Just kind of being one of the guys. That's cool. That's the first time I got to see that. And and, and
2: that's why it's so awesome. I've always said this. I'd love someday. I'm not saying Tebow's going to sit there and swear. But to tell us about (laughs) these days, what will Tebow say? (laughs) You know, what will Tiger Woods say when he can let the guard down fully someday Mm. when he's 60 years old? I am fascinated with that. That these kind of characters Mm. when they will unveil the curtain to all of us, at least to a degree. I'm sure they won't tell us all. But I, I love the fact that we get that, at least a peek inside greatness, like yeah. you were saying, how greatness was built. I mean, I made sure the kids sat and you listened to that thing. By the right way, there. I think it, it, should, it should be called how I, how I Ended Up Beating Two Larrys or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Larry's brother,
0: Larry Bird. Like. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Larry Jordan, by the way. <laughs> what was kind of cool, too, for for us, like my fiance, she's not a big, especially basketball, not a big basketball fan. So the slow intro was kind of like literally taking it from square one she knows who michael jordan yeah. is but you know you know we're watching it and she's like who's who's danny Ainge?" and i'm like oh well now mm-hmm. he does this yeah, and stuff yeah. like that which by the way i will say i feel like there's more of that golf game that they didn't talk about but <laughs> for sure yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so it was kind of cool like for to see her follow along and be like steve kurt wait i know that name i was like yes he's he's mm-hmm. on the warriors or the coach of the warriors yeah. now so like you get these you're kind of like seeing it Connect the dots for people who are really not Attached fully it. into it. Absolutely. And that's what the ki- – that's why – I, I, I'm not
2: being critical saying it was slow. I thought it was a little slow for me at the beginning, but that's how they all start. But it was very – it was brilliant in the sense of pulling people in that don't know the story. Yeah. Kids. Really, kids. I mean, he's already impacted generations of players and people who wear sneakers and buy sneakers and all that stuff. Well, now you might be able to impact another generation in all these years. You know, Kobe will have that impact, in effect, I think, down the road, too. But uh, I think players like this, these guys, uh, listen, kids know who Babe Ruth is, and he's been dead for however many years, you know? Sure, yeah. Jordan is that. And so I think that they did a really good job of pulling the people in that really didn't live through those days like maybe you did. Well, I thought they
3: did a fantastic job to a Scotty Pippen, because going forward now, we can see Scotty Pippen's going to be a huge deal of this documentary, Absolutely. which he
2: should be. I wonder if but Jordan helped influence that. Prop I him hope up so, and Make sure we'll get he gets his it. due.
3: But people forget just how influential Scotty Pippen was as well, right? Because growing up, yes, Michael Jordan was the guy. But then you had Pippen, you had Rodman. And there were some kids out there who Pippen was their favorite player, because you always are reminded of you know him getting the steal at Half court and then driving down and slamming the, the dunk and everything. So
2: all right. Uh, speaking of, uh, Kuz, I thought asked a great question today. Is is Pippen to the Bulls in '97? Is that Yan and the Jags? We talked about it about an hour ago. Yeah. I I don't know if it's equal, but it's interesting now whether you have this Kraus thing versus. Uh, uh, Pippen in yeah, 97, yeah, yeah. and now we saw what happened today with Tony Khan. Just to wrap it all up, I mean, this back and forth on social media, I'll have more on TV tonight about it, too, on CBS 47 and Fox 30, but this is, on, we just talked to Sal and we've never seen anything like it. Yeah. We agree that this is not good for Jan, right? Well, and let's make an argument here. My big argument was the fact that Yannick Ngakwe
3: didn't sign a contract, right? Scottie Pippen did, and that was his fault, but... Yannick Ngakwe believed in himself. So my question is, does Yannick Ngakwe have a right to be even more angry than Scottie Pippen is? Because Scottie Pippen did it to himself. And I get Yannick Ngakwe did it to himself as well. But he did it to himself by how? Banking on himself, believing in himself. And then, unfortunately, the machine, the market, turned its back on Yannick Ngakwe and said, guess what? You had a decent year, ate something sacks, uh, a pretty healthy season, caused a lot of plays, a lot of quarterback, saw, got hit, fumbled the ball. But guess what? We're not going to pay you top dollar this year just because the market doesn't dictate that. I wonder if Jan even has more grounds to be upset than Scottie Pippen does.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, <laughs> that's a good call. I mean, it is not apples to apples, but I like the similarity in yeah. thinking that way. What now, though, man? Does Jan lay off Twitter? I mean, is I he done? Remember, man. Is there more coming tomorrow? I, I mean, I think Tony Khan... T- yeah. He kind of did a little both. He took his shots. He, he positioned himself, but he also played the high road to a degree. I, I Again, this is, Jan's the one that looks bad here. Uh, I I was surprised at the whole back and forth, but Jan doesn't look good in this. He'd be better off just kind of laying low now, right? He, is that what you advise be, him?
3: He would be, man, but I'm also realist. Sometimes I'm not an optimist. And guess what everyone's talking about today? It's Yannick Ngakwe and Tony Khan going at it. That's bad optics for the Jaguars. That's what Yannick Ngakwe wants right now. He's got to understand that he's doing himself no favors by, you know, doing this stuff and bringing the team down. But that's the goal. That's what Jalen Ramsey showed him how to do, and I think he's going to do that until he gets what he wants. Unfortunately, what he doesn't realize is when you continue to do this kind of stuff, it doesn't help you out, man. It just puts you in a bad light, and you don't you don't need that right now.
2: Hey, quick shout out to uh, Tavoris Barnes, uh, who's had a, a rough. Uh Really, a couple of months. Uh, former Saints player, Clemson defensive end, uh, was playing in the XFL, and then that shut down. And that was grandmother's house uh, caught fire as well. If you know Taboris Barnes and and the family, go check out his GoFundMe page. Yeah, we we're passed along. Yeah, you uh, see, Jacksonville. Jackson, the Jacksonville Coast guy. There. Yep, uh, doesn't uh, she doesn't have homeowners insurance? A retired teacher, now a substitute, and obviously not getting paid because of the situation. So if uh, if you have a chance, uh, go check out his GoFundMe page to Boris barnes and the family so uh, best wishes to that young man and their family well we don't think the on situation's going away shock your mock tomorrow again jason yeah, Fitz will join it. us and we get closer and closer to the nfl draft it's all in the way on a tuesday we'll see you tomorrow on espn 690 once again i'll see you tonight on tv cbs 47 and fox 30